people boast about many things, okay? Um, if, if uh, when I stand here like a man, I can boast about what I do. This is something I was learning that when a man stands, traditionally is defined by what he does. So if you guys want to know what I do, I can boast about that. Okay, I've done many things. Okay? It's also by what they own. Guys, if you want to know what I own, I can also say things here that will blow your mind away. Okay? I could also talk about the people that I know. And I'm not just talking about in here. Here I'm looking at Watuanguvu. But the other people that I know, there are guys I had breakfast with the other day. And okay? I was with a, somebody who works in the government, is a minister. I was with a guy uh, who's an MD of one of the big corporations in the country. I was with uh, one of the top pediatric doctors in the country uh, who has royal blood. I know people. Okay? I do know people. So by all standards, when I stand here, I can talk about things that define me as a man and I can boast and make you guys impressed. The Bible tells me that God will make the things of this world foolishness. And especially to them that are perishing. And then it says, if I will boast of anything, I will boast of the Lord. I will boast of the Lord. So today, I will not be the one sharing. My beautiful wife will share. Um, and imagine, I also want to listen. Because you have no idea what God is going to do in this place. Many years back, many years back, when my wife was in her early 20s, the church she used to go to, I didn't know her then, but she served in teens. Is this? No, no, not teens. It was teens, yeah? Teens, young adults, all that. They actually started um, that movement those many years ago in uh, Deliverance Church. And up to today, when we are walking out there, there are people that she can boast about because of what she did then. And today is going to be the beginning of another boasting for us because all you guys are going to be changed. If you're going to be changed, say amen. amen. Naomi, please come. Ah, even this one I can boast of. Okay. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this beautiful soul that is here in front of us. We release her to you, God, to use her as a vessel of honor this day. To you be praise, to you be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> How are you? You look so beautiful. With beaming eyes and expectant hearts, wow. May the Lord fill all of those hearts today. I wish I could hug all of you, but unfortunately I can't. So do me a favor. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them Naomi says a big hi and a big hug. Some people didn't move. The ones who didn't move, why are you not moving? Have you, anybody who has not been greeted or hugged to raise their hand? All right. Okay. 
So today we continue the series of the relationship detox, okay? I know you're looking forward to hearing about this, and so am I. Because things matters relationship, you can never learn enough. We are 20 years married, almost 19 years this year, and we are still learning about relationships, all right? So I don't stand here as an expert, but I just stand as one who has gone before you with experience and something God has poured in our hearts. So today I'm praying that as I speak, the Lord will open your eyes that you may have the revelation of what he wants you to learn today. Nobody shall be passed by by the word that the Lord has for each and every one of, of you. All right? So now, where do we start? Who are you? My husband has just introduced me with many words. Does that describe me? Does that tell you who I am? Does it? Does it? Does it tell you who I am? Who are you? Have you asked yourself that question, who am I? Sinach sang the song, I know who I am. So we all know that song. I know who I am, who God says I am. But really do we know who we are? It's easy to say, I know who I am. But when put to task to say who you are, who do you say you are? Do we really know who we are? Identity is a big issue in the modern world. And that's what I want us to look at today. It's a big issue because we all want to be somebody. We all want to be somebody. So it's a crisis in the modern world today. People trying to define who they are. And as he was saying, using big names and using people to define who we are. So because sometimes we feel who we are is not good enough, what do we do? We look for role models, isn't it? If I ask who your role model is, everybody has an answer. Yeah, even as we grew up with role models, and we still have them, knowingly or unknowingly. Why do we keep role models? Because you are seeing something in that person that you feel you do not have. And you want to identify yourself with that person. So what do we do when we have role models? We want to dress like them. We want to talk like them. We want to behave like them. So we want to lose ourselves and become somebody else because who we are is not good enough. So even when those people do obscene things, we find ourselves doing them. Why? Because we have felt this identity is better than what I have. So people go to extreme measures of trying to find their identity. Even on the extreme, we have men who now want to be women because they're not satisfied with who they are. And women who are becoming men because they are feeling this is not good enough for, for me. And God forbid it that if anybody here is there, today is their last day of being in that place because you are going to know who you are. All right? You are going to identify who you are. And even now we go further, when we are looking for our identity, we now go to relationships. Because you are saying now, if I find this dude, then I'm going to find out who I am. It will give me, it will complete me. So that's the word we use, yeah? It will complete me. Meaning, I will find my identity. So you are going into this relationship because you are feeling I am not enough. I need somebody to come and complete me. So we enter into relationships trying to find our identity. And what happens when in that relationship? If you don't know who you are, things start happening. And 
heartbreaks and breaks up. And I've talked to many who are heartbroken. And when you ask them, what do they say? He did not know me. He doesn't understand. Or she doesn't understand. But when we ask you, what is the problem? Even you say, even me, I do not know. So how can he understand you when you do not know what the problem is? All right? So identity is a big, big thing. So today I want us to look at the most single thing that is important in a relationship. Do you know what is that? Anybody knows what is the single element that is most important in a relationship? Ebu, ask your neighbor if they know. What have they said? What have they said? What? Trust. Love. Many things, eh? All those are good, but those are not the most important thing in a relationship. The most single important element in a relationship is you. <laughs> How can a relationship happen in your absence? it. So you see how we already missed the point. We go to accuse other things and as we are out of the, the game. You are the most single important element in a relationship. And the minute you figure out who you are, then you are on a path to having a beautiful relationship. So we must start there. I want us to go back to the basics. I want us to go back to the beginning and find out who is this person that I call me. Alright? Who I call me. Now, turn to your neighbor again. Tell them to describe themselves without using somebody else or without describing what they do. Have they been able to describe without using those words? It's difficult, eh? How many marks do you, do you give your neighbor? <laughs> Two, zero. Okay. So we begin to understand, eh? Already, the challenges of describing who we are, eh? Okay. Let me make it a bit more simpler. A bit more simpler. If there's a dude seated next to you, ask him, are you a man or are you a male? <laughs> okay. Have they answered? Have they answered? So how many men do we have? How many men? How many male? How many don't know? <laughs> okay. If you are sitting next to a chick, ask her, are you a woman or are you a female? <laughs> okay. How many women do we have in the house? 
many, okay, how many females do we have in the house? Now, how many don't know? The hands I've received do not equal to the amount of people we have in this group. So I don't know what other category to give because I've given all of them, yeah? But already we can start to see where our challenge is. We can't describe ourselves. Isn't that sad? All right? We think we know who we are. And we go out proudly knowing who we are. But sometimes we can't describe ourselves. Now, to answer this question, we must understand the source of where we come from. We are always identified by where we come from. All right? We are always identified by where we come from. If I asked your last names, each and every one of you, it belongs to a man, isn't it? All right? Either your husband, not your husband. Okay, yeah, there's a husband there. <laughs> but your fathers, isn't it? Why? Because you identify, you are identified. You are identified with the family that you come from. My father was called Kamau, so I was proud to call myself a, a Kamau because I came from my fathers. So that gives you identity. If that is removed from you, who do you identify yourself with? All right. If I ask you what nationality you are, what will you say? Why? Because you come from? So you identify yourself with where you have come from. I am a Kenyan. I'm proud to be. Today, if your citizenship was removed from you, where will you go? <laughs> Uganda will not identify with you. You are not a Ugandan. So if today Kenyan said, like we had the case of Miguna, unapotelea mahali. Isn't it? You do not know how to identify yourself because your source is very important. Our ethnicity, again, we say we are Africans. Why? We've come from Africa. We have people who are trying now to trace their roots back to where they came from, the African-Americans, because they are feeling they are lost. They don't know what their identity is. So your source is very important. And the minute you don't understand your source, then you will lose your identity. So today I want us to look at our source and understand what is our identity. Once we identify the source, then we'll be able now to start going back to know what our identity is. Are we together so far? Have you doubted yourself so far? Please don't. We will find you. All right? I want us to go back to the creation story. I love the creation story. Everything happened and God finished in the creation story. Everything else after that, nishamra shamra. Everything happened in the creation story. And I want us to look and identify, where did we come from? Where have we come? The, the, our Father, or God, creates the universe and starts creating everything in it. But I don't want us to go into all those. I want us to jump and look at Genesis 1.26 to 28. I'll read. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creation that moves along the ground. 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, 28. God blessed them. Um, and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay? 
That scripture is very familiar. We even read it last Sunday. So we all know this scripture, isn't it? But have we gone down to really break it down to understand what is happening here? Now, there's something I want us to understand here. God is saying he created male and female. But before he creates them, there, there are two words he uses. He says, let's make mankind in our own likeness and image. Okay? In our image and in our likeness. And when God says our, he means God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So when he says let's make mankind in our own image, what is the image of God? Because until you understand the image of God, then you start understanding who am I really? Okay? The image of God. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And God is eternal. He has no beginning and he has no end. So when now God is saying, let's make man in our image, he's saying, let us make a spirit. Because God only creates who he is. God operates and does things in the realm that he belongs to. And God belongs in the spiritual realm. He does not belong in the physical realm. So you will not see God creating physical things. God will first of all create the spiritual thing. So he says, let's create man in our own image. And the image of God is he is a spirit. So the first thing I want you to understand, this that God created was a spirit. And if you look at the amplified version, it will even tell you that God created this in the spirit. So the first thing I want you to understand is that you are a spirit. Can you tell your neighbor, I, you are a spirit? That sounds spooky. There are many spirits hovering around here. But because we are in the image of God, then you have to be a spirit. Or then the word of God is not true. Okay? So that's the first thing you understand. And then you are eternal. You shall never die. You shall never die. The question is where shall you be? Because you shall never. Because God created us in his image eternally. So you will live for, tell your neighbor you are living forever. But do you know where you will live forever? But we are living forever like God is eternal. That is his image, spirit and eternal. And then he goes on to say, and then we make them in our own likeness. What is the likeness of God? If God has made us in his image, which is spirit, and which is he is eternal, then his likeness is something very interesting. Because he said in verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, which is spirit and eternal. Male and female, he created them. Then the likeness of God becomes male and female. Male and female is not gender. Male and female is the likeness of God. In God is the expression of male and female. Because that is who he is. Every male and female in us comes from God. Because we are made in his likeness. So we have taken male and female to be gender. But God has no gender. Yet he gave us his likeness. So when you look at the scriptures and start to understand God, you see the extreme nature of God that sometimes is very confusing. At one minute, God is this lion that is roaring, isn't it? Then he becomes a lamb. And you wonder, okay, how can a lion be? Because those are the extreme natures of God. Because he's male and he is female. He's a warrior in battle, yet he's the same one who nurtures us. Because those are the extreme natures of 
God. So when God created man in his image, he gave us all that he is. He is a spirit. Then he gave us all that he has, his likeness. Are we together so far? Starting to draw who you are? Okay. So after God creates us as male and female, there's another thing I want you to note. Male and female were created on the same day. On the same? At the same time. So that again tells us our creation story that we were created on the same day. I know it's confusing because some say man came before the woman. But Genesis 1 is telling us in the spirit we were created when? In the same day. Male and female created in the same day. And that male and female that God created on the same day is the one he charged with every responsibility. That's the one he told to multiply, to subdue, to take dominion, and to do everything that appertains to the universe. So male and female together on the same day, created in the spirit, in the likeness of God, were given dominion and charge over the universe. So that begins to change our story. It begins to change what we know and what we believe. So now we understand that the origin and male and female is God. Because we have said, to know your identity, you must know where you came from. So the origin of male and female is from God because he gave us his likeness. He gave us his image. He gave us everything he has and he put it in the spirit man. No wonder the Bible says, don't you know that you are gods? And people tremble to quote that verse. Because you are thinking, how can I say I am a god? Can you say I am a god? You're even scared. Say it. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. Don't you know that you are gods? Why? Because you are made in the image of God. That is why when you're your, son's, your father's son or daughter, you have his name. You look like him. You cannot be ashamed to say, I am a so and so. In the same way, he is our God and we are gods here on earth because we are made in his image. Together so far? So that's the first source we have. God being the source creates everything in his image and in his likeness. So that makes us like God. That makes us like, like God. Now the interesting thing is now, after God does that, we go and we see chapter one is finished. And it's the end of day six. And he says creation is finished. And he says everything is good and perfect. How then is creation finished? And he has only created male and female in the spirit. Where is the man and where is the woman? Have you ever noted that? Where is he? And creation is finished. And God says, and he rested. When you look at Genesis um, uh, chapter 2, verse 2, God says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. When God made the male and female, he rested because he had completed his creation. He had made what he wanted because he knew now all that is required is there through the male and the female. Dominion has been given, charge has been given. But now, this expression that God has given to the, to the male and the female, because it is all that God is, his love 
is expressed through the male and female. His care, his dominion, his rulership, all of it is expressed through the male and female. He wanted this expressed also on earth. He wanted this also to be experienced on earth. Now that's where now we come to chapter 2. To understand what is the other source. Now, Genesis 2. Brings us to a point where now God says he needs a body. He needs a, a body. Because he has created what? A spirit that is hovering together with him. But now he comes and he says he needs a, a body. And when you look at um, verse 5 of chapter 2, it says, After now creation has happened, now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth. But creation has already but no shrub had appeared, and no plant had sprung up, for the Lord had not sent the rain on earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Other versions say there was no body to work the ground. There was no vessel to work the ground. So creation is finished, but God is seeing here on earth there is no body to work the land. So now it prompts God to see the need to create a body. And that is where now we start seeing now the man and woman come into play. But that doesn't mean they were not existing before. It is just a vessel. Kikombe cha chai. Nikona chai nataka nini? Kikombe cha kumwaga nini? Chai. So now we look at Genesis 2.5. I have read. 7 it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Look at the word that has been used there. God formed, the, God formed man from the dust of the ground. Now, is there a difference between formation and creation? Is there a difference? Yes. Creation is making something out of nothing. The male and female were created by God. By the sound of his voice, they were created. From nothing, they were created. But the body, the man, was formed from the dust of the ground. Formed mean making something out of something. Then it doesn't become a creation. It becomes a formation. Just like you can make a pot from the ground. So creation ended with the creation of man male and female, then now God forms things from the ground to fill, put the spirit so that this spirit can be able to work the land. So we see man, the major reason why man was brought on earth after now he, he was created here in verse 7, then verse 15 it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to, uh, to work it and take care of it. What was the work of man? To work the Garden of Eden. To take care of it. Very different from the commission that the male and female were given. To have dominion. To multiply. To increase. The man was just told to work the land and take care of it. Are you starting to see the difference? Now, where is the origin of man then? The origin of man is the dust of the ground. He's formed from the dust of the ground. He's formed from Naudongo. And that is why for a man to be fulfilled, as Timothy was saying when you're we standing here, he has to identify himself with what he does. 
if he can't identify himself with what he does, he doesn't know how to identify himself. Because that is what he was brought to do. To do something. To work. Are we getting it? Very different from the male. The male draws his existence from God. This one draws his existence from the soil, from the ground, from working the ground. Now, men, you're understanding why you feel what you feel, eh? Okay? But in this man, God put the expression of the male in him. The man is working the ground, but in him is the male. The full expression of who God is. So now we are having the spirit contained in the man. Because you are a spirit and this body just contains you. But when we mix those two, we miss it. Then we come to the woman now. And the man is found to be alone. Genesis 2.18. The, the woman is found to be alone. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a suitable helper. Then 22 is said, 22, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. So where does the woman come from? From man. She's made for man, to be a helper for man. And man is the one that names her woman, not God. Now, that tells you now the source of the woman. The source of the woman is the man. Uh -huh. You can react. You can react, it is okay. <laughs> yes. This body we call woman, the source is who? The man. But the female, the source is who? God. Now, that's when I start to choose who am I? Who am I in this equation? Okay? And now that explains why women are desperate for men. <laughs> why well, we go to extreme measures for men. And I'll come back later a bit to talk about that. Why? Because we are drawn to our source. We want to identify ourselves with where we have come from. Because if you cannot please this man by what am I doing? What do I do with this body called woman? Okay? Are you understanding? So now, that now starts to see the different sources. Okay? The different sources. Male and female need God. Man needs the ground and the woman needs man. And that is how it was. But because it was in the Garden of Eden, it worked very well. Because all of them, the male and female expression in them was alert. They were working. They were in sync with God. They were in fellowship with God. So they were able to use these bodies to fulfill the full purpose of God by having dominion, by taking charge, by subduing and by multiplying. So they were doing what they were supposed to do. Because these bodies were helping them connect with the earth and then be able to do what God wanted them to do. So normally the attraction that happened in Genesis 2 between the man and the woman, it was not because of the physical. It was because of their spiritual connection. The male wanted to connect back with the female so that they can accomplish the purpose that God had for them. That is where the connection came from. That is why they were attracted to one another. Because in the spirit they were alert. They got it. They understood it. 
And that is where their first marriage took place. Because they were going back to their purpose. As male and female, a bait in their bodies. But the male and female is the one that was connecting. Are we together? Their male, their female had dominion over the woman, over the man. These were just vessels that were helping them roam on the ground. But now we come to Genesis 3 and what happens? Sin comes in. Sin comes in. And they sin. I'll not read all that because um, we don't have the time. God had already told them, if you eat the fruit in the middle, in the tree, in the garden, you shall surely. So they come and they do exactly what God told them not to do. And of course, God comes and asks Adam, where are, are you? He doesn't ask for Eve, he asks for, where are you? And right there now, we start seeing identity destruction. It starts there. Identity starts being destroyed there, right there. Adam has hidden. Why is he hiding? He can't identify himself with God anymore. He's hiding. Loss of identity. But now, I want us to look at the things that God says to man and woman so that we also understand what actually was destroyed and why we are where we are for us to pick up on what we, how we should relate. Genesis 3.16. Um, after God had gone through all that to ask them, where are you, what have you done? He said to the woman, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe and painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Sin has come in. Now look at what sin has done. It has caused a curse on the source of the woman. Where the source is the man. So the curse of sin went to touch on the core identity of the, of the woman. Because now she was told your desire shall be for your man only. That is why women are crazy about men. Because they are operating under the curse. Where now your source that was supposed to nourish you becomes an obsession. You obsess over that which was supposed to nourish you. And you do crazy things. Because God cast that one. Because why? The identity got lost. God was shortly saying, you have lost your identity. And to the man, what does he do? Verse 17. Um, I will just jump and, and go to. Cast is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since you were taken from it. For, uh, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Are you seeing again? The curse hit the source of the man. The same ground that was to nourish the man and give him identity, is what was cast. Man was never meant to go back to dust. He was to live eternally. Even man, the body. But now the curse destroys the man and the same dust demands of him. That is why men toil. They toil. Hustle. Kila wakati. Eh? Sweating. And then you can't even see what you've worked for. 
That's the curse. That is the curse. Because your core of your identity was what? Attacked. Why? Because of sin. Because of sin. That is what sin does. So the sin and the fall of man distorted the identity of man completely. It touched the core. And I want us to just now take a few minutes to look at exactly how was this identity distorted. So that now we can draw back to where we are and relate. I've been taking you uko. So to land hapa. Okay? The first thing that sin did was it separated us spiritually from God. That was the first distortion of our identity. Our first identity, we had drawn it from where? From God. That was our first source of identity. The way I asked you what happens if you're removed from Kenya, you'll be floating, isn't you? You don't know what to do. Now, in the Garden of Eden, this is what happened. Because they sinned, because they sinned, sin touched on the core of their source with God and they were separated from God. And suddenly, the male and female were floating with no connection to God. And that is what we call the spiritual death. Male and female died in the Garden of Eden. They lost their identity. They were spiritually separated from God. And man would not connect back with God. Now, already they have no identity with God. Because they have sinned. How sad. How sad. And that is the state of everybody who is not born again. Separated from God. Your male, your female has no connection. It has no expression because it is dead. Because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. The second separation that happened was from the source of our physical, the one I have mentioned. The man was separated from the ground as a source of nourishment and separated from um, and the woman was separated from the man as her source of nourishment. So physically also they lost their identity. So double identity lost in the Garden of Eden. And the third identity they lost was their relational identity. They couldn't relate with God anymore. They didn't know how to relate with him. That's why they were hiding. That's why they were hiding, because they were naked. They lost a relation, relational identity. They also lost it at the physical realm because they started blaming one another. It is this woman you? Why? They couldn't relate anymore. The minute you disconnect a relationship with God, even with fellow man, you can't relate. You cannot. And now that starts showing the sources of problems in relationships. Because we are jumping to relate with man before we have related with God first. It can't work. It won't work. In a thousand years, it won't work. We need to get it right, what our identity is. The source of the woman was cursed. Hence, her character. The female now is dead. Okay? We're in the garden of Eden and the female is dead. Now what is she left with? A vessel that is empty without God. What does this woman do? Everything about her gets corrupted. She starts seeking attention from Adam. Just like women seek attention from men. They wear crazy clothes, do makeup. I still seek attention from my husband, so don't worry. Okay, we dress up for them. We spend a lot of money doing crazy things. We lose weight. 
We fight for them. Crazy fights, eh? Fights, crazy things. And when you think about it, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But, but women do it over and over. Why? They became distorted. Their relationship angle became distorted. <laughs> they couldn't relate anymore. So the, this vessel without God doesn't know how to be. It becomes something warped. And they started fighting. And uh, they are hurt by men. Because this man also has losses. And when they are hurt, they go back again to try and make it better. To cook better. To change a hairstyle. Maybe he will like me this time. To look for that raw model who dresses differently. Almost naked. Maybe this time he will like me. Why? The curse. The warped woman. And when she feels it's not working, she decides, you know what, I can be like this man. Yeah, he doesn't want me, I'll be like him. I will go fight him at the marketplace. And everywhere else, to Tosha. Because if I can't get him, then I'll be him. <laughs> Distortion of the, of the woman. That's what happened because of separation. Couldn't relate. Couldn't connect with God. Couldn't connect with the man. This woman is frustrated. And I wonder how many of us are here today that are in that state. Not connected with God. And not knowing where you are. And everything I've mentioned is like a script about your life. And you don't know where to start or where to pick up again. Because you're wondering, why am I a woman? No wonder women, we are trying to write books and say many things about women. But this is where the problem is. Our identity. Our identity. The source of the man was also cast. And what happened to the man? He became obsessed with his work. He toils day and night. And as I said earlier, we can't see sometimes what he brings home. And when the woman is not appreciating, he gets even more frustrated. When he wants to date this girl and he looks, what do I have? He, he can't. We've seen many people afraid of relationship because the man cannot hack a wedding. He's thinking, how will I afford that? That's the curse. Because you're just thinking, what can I give? What can I put on the table? Yet, the truth is, it's a curse. You cannot do it by yourself. You enter into unhealthy competitions amongst each other as men. Because you want to make it. I want to be the alpha. Crazy competitions. And we see them everywhere. Cutthroat. And corruption finds its root there as well. Because I need to make this ground work for me. And the lines become very gray. And while he's busy chasing the ground, the woman is busy chasing him. <laughs> Tell me, who shall catch who? And then it becomes a never-ending race. Very, very, very frustrating. And now today, most relationships are based on that fallen state of our identities. Most of them here. And even those who are not here, yet there, that is what you're looking at. Because you do not know any better. And that is why it's frustrating to relate. People are crying every day. Wondering what did I do wrong? What have I done right? Because the man is thinking, I'm not driving. I'm not yet ready for this girl because I'm not. Warped identity. Warped identity. So that is what God wants to sort today. What is your identity? I come back to the question I asked in the beginning. What is your identity? Who do you define yourself with? What is your source? 
So number one, I'll ask, are you spiritually alive or dead? Are you connected to God? Is your male and female alert? Because if your male and female is not alert, everything else I'll say after here doesn't make sense for you. Because you need to be connected back to God. And that is why Christ came so that we can be born again. Because we were dead. Without being born again, your male and female cannot come to life. It cannot express who God is. It can't show the love of who God is. So even in a relationship, you can't love because you don't know what love is. It can't nurture because you don't understand what it is to nurture. That connection is very key and it is the number one essential thing in your life for a relationship. So maybe you're here. You are in a relationship and you do not have that love of Christ. You do not have that reconnection back. Without your female, without your male, you will go in circles for years. You will be an empty shell that is just frustrated. A woman who's manipulative does anything to lie to get her a man. And that is why we are having the same in the church. Because people do not understand. So you need to connect back to your source. If you are relating with a man or a lady who is not born again, this is what you are setting yourself up for. And you will come for counseling from us until the cows come back home. And we can't sort that problem. We can't. Oh, is it okay to, 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 to date, get married to a person who is not born again? I will witness to them. Can you sort out their identity? Don't carry a burden you can't because it's not yours to carry. Everybody has their responsibility there. And the first thing you can do, first of all, is to get your relationship right at the source of God. Then after you do that, connect with somebody who is also connected at the source with God, born again. Nobody will chase you away if you don't, but let me tell you, you'll chase yourself away from your house because you'll not be able to live. Because somebody who does not know God cannot relate. They'll be hiding from you, as we saw. Because uh, when you lose the relationship identity, you start hiding. Kuhanye. People are dating, they're already hanyaing. And it is just dating. What about a marriage? Why? This person doesn't know how to relate. They do not have the capacity to. Because they lost it. And they have not yet regained it through Christ. They have to know who they are. They have to understand who they are first for them to be able to relate back. Don't cry in relationships when you know where the problem is. So if you do not know Christ, you need to get that. Secondly, if you know Christ and you have connected spiritually, that is good. It's a good start. But now you must also regain your identity as a man and as a woman. And that one is a work in progress. By you understanding what the scriptures say about you. What has happened is the world has heightened our senses so much. Our five senses, eh? everything around us, media and music and everything, is heightening our sight, our hearing, our tasting. That's why you want to taste alcohol and drugs. You want to see obscene things. You want to hear crazy music. Because the world heightens that. And now because of that, even as a believer... You can have your senses heightened so much that you make decisions based on your five senses as opposed to the male and female connection that attracted Adam and Eve initially in the Garden of Eden. So you have to work to be connected to your female 
and to be connected to your meal, to understand the plan of God and override your five senses. Beauty fades away. <laughs> Beauty fades. Ask her, some things are turning south when you want them to go north. <laughs> it fades. Hair grays. So beauty you have that is attracting you as a five sense, it will go. Sorry, but it's the truth. It will go. The six pack will. If that is what you used. <laughs> okay, we are hoping the six pack is there. If that is what attracted you to this woman or to this man, when it fades, what happens? And even before it fades, we have even gone very far. In the evening when all the makeup is removed, all the makeup is, what, do you, what are you left with? These five senses, we cannot re rely on them even as believers, but we are continuously doing that because we are failing to mix ourselves with the word of God to know what God says about who we are. We just want to hear what the media, what Menakageni has to say about who you are, about what your role models have to say about who you are. One thing you need to understand, this body knows it's perishing. By the way, it knows, it has a life of its own. It knows it's perishing. And it will want to do everything now because its time is limited. That is why it heightens you. Do everything. Sleep now. Sleep around now. Do drugs now. Because this body knows its time is limited. But your spirit is very still because it knows it's eternal. It is not in a hurry. Listen to your spirit. Don't listen to your body. You must reach a point now where if you are connected to God, you start to subdue your body. You start to subdue your body because of the life in the male and the female. That is where the expression of God is. For us to see that expression through your female, through, through your body as a woman or as a man, we must first of all connect so well with God and understand so that all that is coming out is who I am as a female and who I am as a as a male. As a female, when I have my identity in God connected, I will not be desperate. I will not be conniving. I will not because I am still, I know what is mine is coming. The Lord has promised because of what his word says. But when you do not know this body is telling you, uya kikupita, kwisha maneno. Kwisha mane? So you run south, north, east, west. When you come, you look like a sight to behold. Focus on the male and female because that's where a true relationship will come from. When God defines who you are and you get to know now through his word, you will be so strong and you can start singing like Sinach. I know who I am. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus never had an identity crisis and yet he grew up on this world. So it's possible because he said greater things than I, that, than I have done you shall. So if he did not have an identity crisis, even us, it is not our portion in Jesus' name. Christ never identified himself even with his mother or father. Not even once. There were carpenters. There is no way you hear Jesus saying, I used to be a carpenter. I can make a cool chair. 
You never hear Jesus saying that. What does he say? I am the light. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the way. I am the resurrection and the... What an identity. How Jesus knew himself. At 12 years old, what does he tell his mother? Don't you know I'm in the house of my father? Sisi tunapatika nanga wapi? Tukihapen, eh? And yet we are thinking we will find our identity. These senses will take you very far from who you are. I want us to reach a point like Christ. We can know who we are. First Peter 2, 9 and 10 talks about I am a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and what else? A chosen generation. That is who you are. But it is not lip service, my friend. Memorizing that verse doesn't change. It doesn't change. You can sing it until tomorrow. But that comes from here. Because, first of all, you are connected in the spirit and everywhere else. So where are you today in terms of your identity? Who have you identified yourself with? Are you born again? Are you lost as a woman or as a man? Has your identity been distorted? And sometimes even it's distorted by things that were not of our own doing. Sometimes people are raped as a woman. Same man who's supposed to take care of you comes and steals your identity from you. And it affects you for the rest of your life. And if you're here and that's your case, the Lord wants to regain back your identity. Because that's not your portion. So I want us to close our eyes as we come to the close. And search within our hearts and ask, first of all, do I have a spiritual connection with God? Am I alive or dead? Is my female and male alive? If you're here and the answer for that is no, I want you to raise up your hand. Because I do not want to come here and say many things and you live here without knowing Christ. Are you here and you are not connected with God? You are dead in the spirit. You want to be born again. Jesus came for that so that he can reconnect you back to God. You can go back to your source. Are you here? If you're here, please raise up your hand. You want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Are you here? The Lord loves you and he wants you more than anything else. He wants you to belong to him once again like you did in the Garden of Eden. He wants you to walk with authority, with dominion, with power like the way he gave you in the Genesis 1. Okay? In case you are here, please do not leave this place without seeing one of us because the Lord wants to be able to take care of you. He wants to love you, love on you. He wants to heal you in the spirit first. And are you here? You say, yes, I'm born again, but I feel my woman, my man identity has been warped, stolen. I've lost it. And I've used the wrong foundation to build my relationships. I've used the wrong foundation out there looking but it's just a race. And I want that restoration as a man, as a woman. I want to identify with where I came from first God so that I can be able also to identify with my source correctly. So that I will not hustle anymore because the curse is broken. The curse of work is broken. That's what Christ came to break. That I will not toil. As a woman, the curse is broken. The man is not only what I shall desire for, but my desire shall be for God. 
and the man shall be the added things that God brings into my life. If you're here and you feel your heart is broken, just raise up your hand that we may pray with you. If you feel you just need that restoration as a man, as a woman, don't be ashamed, let me tell you guys. When God moves and he wants to deal with you, take the opportunity and run with it. Just raise up your hands, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Before I pray, don't be locked out, please. The Lord is moving and he's going to do something new. Father, we thank you so much for this afternoon. Thank you for your word that has been so powerful and real, oh God. Thank you, Father, for bringing us to a point of understanding who we are in you, oh God. Thank you, Lord, because we are your children. We are your children, oh Father. And nothing can change that, oh God. Behold the hands that have been raised up, oh God. Father Lord, the enemy has come and warped their identity as men and as women. And they have followed the desires of the flesh. They have followed the things that are not driven from you, oh God. And it has affected them in one way or another. But Lord, you tell us to come to you as we are. Because you knew there is redemption. That is why you came, Christ, to redeem us, O God. And every hand that is lifted here, O God, at the sound of my voice, I declare and decree a restoration upon their lives in the name of Jesus. That which the enemy stole, that which the enemy lied to them, today through the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray for a new turn, a new regeneration, O God, that, Lord, they will start to understand who they are in you. Holy Spirit, start speaking to them in a language that they understand to know their identity in the name of Jesus Christ. I rise against every works of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Things they could have done or things that were done for them, O oh Lord. Today, that by the blood of Jesus, we nullify them in the name of Jesus. And I declare, Father, that it is a fresh beginning for them. Holy Spirit, start your work in them. Restore them, O oh Lord. Restore them in Jesus' name. And every relationship that is here, O oh Father, we declare that it shall be founded on your word. It shall be founded on the true identity of who you are, O oh God. And anything else, Father, we void it in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. That Lord, the words that have come from my mouth today are words of power and words of victory. Nobody shall live here, Father, and live without an identity in you, oh God. Restore us again, oh Father. Restore each and every one of us. Even those who didn't raise their hands, oh Father, I speak a restoration upon all of them. Father, we love you and we bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless It is said that great teaching brings healing. And when I speak of healing, it speaks about the emotional healing. And I just want to say thank you, Naomi, for your time. However, in my spirit, I still feel that most of us need to be prayed for. And my thinking is, even after saying the words of the grace, if maybe guys can still stay behind and you want to be prayed for, just come. We have people who are here. Um, let's appreciate Naomi once more. Thank you. This month is amazing, especially with the series that you are doing. And the cool thing, the cool thing is we have our sermons recorded and you guys can get to listen to them over and over. 
and over again. So for this four-part series, you can just go to uh, your App Store, Play Store on iPhone, Apple, or Android, and you just download an app called Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-N, and then you search for iPhone Runners. You'll get to listen to the two sermons that have been shared. And next Sunday, what says was talking about the setup. You guys... I pray that we will be here seated in a round table and we are going to address the questions that you will send and we will share our links, the links that you can post the questions. Um, we will send on our social media pages, iFrontRunners on Twitter, iFrontRunners on Instagram and iFrontRunners on Facebook so that we are able to come out better people and live out the plans and purposes that God has for us. Sour. Next Sunday at 2 p.m., the setup. Now, this is the session that you guys now ask questions because we have been speaking, and now it's you to speak to us so that we can be able to respond in a manner that will glorify God and answer all the questions that you guys will have. Um, the last thing, maybe we can rise to our feet even as we come to the end of the service. Have you guys been blessed? Challenged? I pray that next week you bring someone. I pray that we fill this place so that the world that we live in today will never be the same again because God is up to something with the young people today. So, how many of us are agreeing that you will bring someone, Gerald Amin Wazote. I'm soak into what was shared. So even as you soak, I pray that you will bring someone. Um, there, there are some people who had been contacted by a guy called Jay. Jay, just lift up your hand. Uh, um, for those who are contacted, you are about to start a connect group. Please make sure you see Jay after this. So, and now turn to the person next to you and ask them, who are you? Who am I? I'm a who are you? <laughs> you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. <laughs> and now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Remember, we are still here. You guys can come to be prayed for. God bless you.